When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Som en hind löper han, likt en iskall fjordbäck lirkar sig fram, för skanderna tills ravinen öppnar sig mellan två vita björkar. Då tar bäcken sats och bäcken skjuter ut sin stråle ut, ut för stupet, in, in i Nordsjöns svarta fan som reser, böljar, skummar. En svart våg, först tyst, vågar vågen hoppas, sedan inferno, brustad. Brustad fritt läge och det är mål! AIK utnyttjar sina lägen! Vågar vågen hoppas sedan inferno. Brustad. Jag hoppas att den där den här dikten når Brustad också. Den är helt fantastisk. Jag vet inte vem som har skrivit ja. den. Den dyker upp på Twitter. Ja, men det var flera som delade den. Den är, det är faktiskt jättefint. Det är en sann poet som har skrivit den. Ja. Som en hind mm. löper han. Men jag hoppas, det, det har man sagt hela säsongen, jag hoppas att det löser sig för Brustad. Jag såg någon journalist som skrev att man var på träningen dagen innan. Då hade Brustad gjort fyra sådana mål. Precis som man sett. På träningen? Ja, innan Falkenberg? Ja, och jag har också sett honom, jag har inte varit på så många träningar, men jag har också sett honom vara så bra på träning och göra de där målen på träning. Men det, det hände inte på match. Så säger de ju om, om, om var det Dege man pratade mycket om så att han var ju fantastisk på träningarna. Hade jättesvårt att visa det under. Eller hela AIK 2004 såg bra, eller 2005. När de åkte, 2004 när de åkte ut. Det såg bra ut på träning. Det såg man varje vecka. Ja, ja. Jag såg inte så många träningar det året. Nej, just från ledning såg man det. Det såg bra ut på träning. Ja. Nu sitter vi här och spelar in Radio Råsunda faktiskt på Björn Enjebos arbetsplats. 
sitter vi i Solna centrum. Det stämmer, fem våningar upp ovanför stadion ungefär. Sitter vi och tittar ut på den svarta natthimlen, flygplanet som lyfter från Bromma, skenet från Skytteholms strålkastare. Mitt i, mitt i hjärtat av AIK land kan man säga. Poet, en nivå. Ja, vi har inspirerats av en, av en stor stjärna. Eh, Martin Wiklin heter han. En, en stor stjärna som också i, i med det här programmet gör sitt formella, sin formella retur eller inträde igen i Radio Råsunda. Mm, det kan man säga. Det, eller retur, ja. Går man på återkomst. återkomst. Vi har ju en gäst idag som gör sin återkomst i AIK. Mm, det stämmer. Ja, jag känner mig lite ringrostig så här Björn, men det är... Det är, också, det är också så att det är ganska sent. Det är, det är rätt sent och vi ska också, innan vi släpper in Jos, ska vi släppa in Simon med AIK Historia som du har ringt och pratat med. Det har jag, okej. Okay. Ja. Mm, vad roligt. Du gjorde det igår. Du, nej, du gjorde det imorgon. Jag gjorde det imorgon. Ja. Mm. <laughs> och vi, jag vet inte vad Simon har att bjuda på, men om jag känner Simon rätt så är det någonting bra. Questa är la storia. Idag tänker jag faktiskt berätta lite om ett par klassiska AIK-supporter som vi haft, eller dessutom har fortfarande. Ja, vad roligt. Och är det i gruvan? Har... Nej, inte idag. Men det här är ju väldigt få det finns väldigt många så det är mycket möjligt att det här ämnet kommer tillbaka i ett senare avsnitt. Okej. Okay. Och den första jag tänkte tala lite om det är Johan Alfred Karlsson kallas för Gia Karlsson och han är då enligt vissa AIKs första supporterlegend och eh, han föddes faktiskt i Norrköping 1863 men eh, sen hamnade han då på Kungsholmen i Stockholm eh, där en annan stor AIKs supporter bor idag just det, det v- vem tänker du på då? jag tänker på dig <laughs> vilken ära ja och eh, hans eh, supporter kom han för AIK och eh, framförallt AIK fotboll är förmodligen unikt än idag som att han såg varenda match då, inte bara för A-laget utan även B, C, D och juniorlaget. Varenda match? Ja, jag vet inte vilket tidsspann det gäller men... Ja, man, kan, man undrar om man hade något jobb. <laughs> ja, det är en bra fråga. Men, eh, jag vet i alla fall att han senare var AIKs eh, revisor. Sen vet jag inte om han fick något vidare betalt för det, men det var han i alla fall. Men hur som helst hade han en väldigt bestämd uppfattning om att AIK aldrig någonsin har förlorat en enda match rättvist. Och höll man då inte med om det här så tyckte han helt enkelt inte att man var värd att umgås med. <laughs> Äkta per- supporterperspektiv. Ja, precis. Och eh, sen kan man även läsa i Putte Cox självbiografi, Fotbollen mitt öde. Eh, då omnämns Gia eh, Karlsson då som AIKs mest legendariska figur genom tiderna. Och även om boken har en hel del år på nacken så tror jag att det säger en hel del. Mm. Och eh, jag själv utövar inte då en idrott utan han engagerade sig istället i en annan stark rörelse då, under början av 1900-talet. Och det var nykterhetsrörelsen. Vilket kanske inte är det man i första hand tänker på eh, när man säger supporter i alla fall idag. Nej, precis. Och eh, det här kombinerade han då med sitt engagemang när han försökte få in Arkos legendariska spelare Helge Ekerot. Och Ekerot har vi ju talat om tidigare. Mm, som ni kanske minns. Och då sa vi just det att han inte hade någon vidare sund livsstil. Eh, som man kanske förknippar med dagens idrottsmän. Men, men eh, det här försöket gick inte jättebra. Och 
ja, det står visserligen nog kanske något skämtsamt men det står i alla fall att Ekert klarade att hålla sig nykter fram till middagsdags när det här försöket okay. tog sin form. Men det är ändå hela dagen? Ja, nästan i alla fall. Mm. Och eh, utöver att själva sportskapet eh, så hjälpte han även till genom att arbeta som en väldigt engagerad vaktmästare på gamla Råsunda IP. Där vi spelade några år där, i början av 10-talet innan stadion stod färdig. Mm. Och eh, då handlar det till största del om att hindrar då framförallt smågrabbar från att planka in på matchen. Sen utanför arkkretsar så är han väl mest kända som Stockholms sista gaständare innan det yrket försvann. Och då ansvarade han varje dag för att gatlykten i hans distrikt tändes både på kväll och sen släcktes på morgonen. Han hade många strängar på sin lyra. Precis. På sin AIK-lyra. Ja. Och sen tänkte jag också tala om tvillingarna Olsson, Lennart och Erik. Ja. Båda två den 6 augusti 1942 i Stockholm och eh, har varit mer eller mindre oskiljaktiga sedan födseln. Mm. Och, eh, under uppväxten så bodde de på barnhem och eh, såg ett visst utanförskap i skolan och så vidare. Men genom Arkor så fann de sin stora lycka och glädje i livet. Och, eh, det var Lennart som var först med att fastna vid klubben och sen då lyckades dra med sig sin bror. Och, eh, det var så att han samlade på fotbollsbilder från rekordmagasinet. Efter att han då gått igenom de här bilderna på spelare från alla allsvenska lag så fastnade han till slut för AIK. Och eh, han tror, har han berättat i efterhand, att det var färgerna och det vackra klubbmärket som gjorde att han följde för AIK. Mm. Och, eh, det är som de har kallat den bästa AIK-matchen som de fick eh, fått uppleva då, eh, tillsammans. Om man bortser från guldmatcherna vid AIKs 5-0-seger mot Djurgården 1976. Och, eh, den här matchen blev ju... Förutom de spekul- eller spektakulära siffrorna, alltså 5-0, extra speciell just för bröderna. För att de lyckades på något vis hamna mitt i Djurgårdsklacken. <laughs> okay. Och de hade dessutom med sig sin hund Björn in på läktaren. Och i och med att de var tvungna att gå ut med honom och ta en promenad så kom de tillbaka mitt i matchen. Och då, ja, då ledde AIK med 3-0 plötsligt. <laughs> så det var deras... Ja, kanske då favoritmatchen de fick uppleva bortsett från, från guldmatchen i alla fall. Jag tänker ju på ja. den här guldmatchen 09 när en av bröderna ju är döende och ordnar sig han får följa med och, och se matchen på plats. Mm. Jag vet inte om man är döende men han är väldigt sjuk då. Ja, det gick ju bara några veckor innan han gick bort i cancer efter guldmatchen 2009. Mm. Men som du sa så, så var de medbjudna Båda två ner till Göteborg och fick åka tillsammans med laget eh, Och så var de ju med på guldbanketten också. Mm. Och sen eh, på Tandie så hade ju AIK en eh, hockeymatch i Allsvenska mot Troja där några veckor efter. Och då hedades ju Lennart med en tyst minut på hovet. Mm. Och sen, eh, alltså om man eh, med glädje ser då, då så har ju Erik fortsatt att gå för matcherna. Mm, precis, man ser ju ofta honom. Både på mm. hovet och nationalarenan. Precis. Och det som man också kan säga om dem är att eh, just deras stora lojalitet och kärlek för klubben har gjort dem väldigt respekterade bland andra AIK-sportare som, som du och jag men även då till och med motståndare sporter. Det har hänt att eh, de har sjungit eh, AIK-ramser på krogen och då har det kommit fram Djurgårds-supportrar och bjudit dem på öl. Vilket kanske inte är riktigt hur det brukar gå till. Nej. Och eh, ja, som vi säger, de har varit väldigt lojala och följt 
både här lagets matcher och träningar på Kullberg och så har de hjälpt till med arrangemangen på Skytteholm när damlaget har spelat. Och så har de haft sina speciella platser på hovet och mm. alltid på plats för Åsunda. Och sen en annan klassisk grej eh, som även jag kan koppla till eh, är för att när vi, vi läste och gick igenom det som fanns att läsa om dem så nämnde de just att de väldigt ofta går klädda i AIK-kläder. Men eh, den souvenir som kanske varit mest förknippad med dem är ju den här stora skumgummihandeln som de brukade ha lite då då för om det är något du minns. Ja, jag, jag har sett dem på bild bara. De där mm. jättehänderna. Ja, precis. För jag minns det i alla fall från mina tidiga år på Låsunda att jag såg de två herrarna i klädda sådana. Mm. Och på tal om... Sa du att du sett på film? Nej, på bild. På bild, ja. Mm. ja för det finns en, en kort film om bröderna på Youtube som heter När solen stiger över Råsunda med Tvillingan Olsson. Just det. Så den kan man ju spana in. Ja. Ha. Och sen... Har jag lovat en, en vän att pudla också. Asså. Jag pratade i förra avsnittet om eh, olika matchtröjor. Så lyckades jag säga att det var en vit ruta på haklappströjan. Men det är ju såklart en gul ruta. Okej, okay, och där hade du fel i, i din historia. Ja, där sa jag fel. Men även, även en maestro i historia kan ju ibland eh, göra fel. Och det <laughs> ja. största är ju inte icke att fela utan att resa sig efter varje fall. Ja, precis. Jag får tillbaka på Ulla nästa vecka. Det var bra, det var bra Simon. Bra, Martin. Kul att höra. Mm. Uh, dags att ta in um, dagens uh, gäst, Jos Hojfeldt. Men, ja. men för- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, uh, Jos. How are you? <laughs> very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's very nice to, ha- to finally have you here on our show. Uh, we've tried to book you several times uh, since you came here, uh, but it's, uh, it's been busy for you coming to Sweden. Yeah, I was a bit busy, you know, because of a lot of things that I have to take care of. Also with my, uh, with my newborn son. I had to go back to Holland, acknowledge some things. Uh, it's, it's also in the middle of uh, building a house in Holland, so there was a lot of things coming my way. Uh, 
of course, you know, like uh, I came here uh, the 16th of, of July and we, a week later we got uh, the son that was born here in Sweden. So that brings a lot of new things as well, uh, you know. A lot of new and other things with the car. I got a registered plate, a register plate in in England, and it needs to go and in, turn into Swedish. So I have to chase that, and I have to chase a phone. And ah, oh my God, it's uh, a lot of things. But doesn't doesn't Henrik do this for you? Eurelius doesn't he do everything for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish that he uh, he helps us, of course. But it's a lot of things that you have to do yourself because uh, one of the most asked uh, questions in Sweden is what's your personal number. Hmm. And as soon as you don't have one, you don't really exist yet. <laughs> so you're there physically, but you're not there on paper, and that's really uh, a big thing around here. So no, that's all. That's all settled now. So it's now. It's all. Uh, it's all good, and uh, it's all more calm down. So are, are you settled? Are you and your family now? Does, you, does it feel like your uh, your home? Yeah, definitely. It definitely does. You know, like uh, let's say it's it, it's my second home. You know, I got the the, the family in Holland. And that's the like home, home where we're building a house that we want to go back to. But this, this feels, this feels, I would say, like almost as good. <coughs> yeah, uh, I, you, you still have a lot of friends in the team as well. You come back to, so uh, yeah. I guess it's uh, uh, it, it must be, feel pretty good to come to the place where you won that your last your last gold goal was here, right? Yeah, well, we got uh, promoted with uh, with Southampton, like yeah. the silver. It was silver. Well, actually, the, I won uh, the gold with uh, Copenhagen as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Celtic, right? Yeah, yeah, and no, Celtic. No, never. Hmm. No, Celtic. We didn't win. No, 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 no. It was the Rangers who uh, got uh, away with the prizes. But um, now, yeah, I was in in Copenhagen. Of course, that's. Uh, I was also only half a year there. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was also a golden. Of course, you know, got you got Southampton where we got promoted, and I was part of the Norwich uh, promotion team. That was about it. After that, <laughs> yeah, you you sort of got expelled also with the Kenny Pavis uh, team. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got relegated with the middle one. That was very uh, yeah disappointing. I'd say you know uh, very disappointing. When I came there, I really had uh, high hopes that we could turn it around and. At one point, it looked a bit like it, but unfortunately, we uh, we didn't manage. And I think, uh, yeah, there was a bit lack of of, of quality in the team. I th- uh, I think, and but it was very disappointing because it's a lovely team. You know, it had a lot of how do you say similarities with AAK. I think you know, it's a lot of very uh, how do you say uh, passionate uh, fans, very passionate background. Uh, It is it is a nice club, and I was very disappointed when uh, when uh, in Holland we say when the curtain fell. <laughs> yeah, but we were kind of happy because we we saw that there's a big possibility for us to come to Oiko now, uh, yeah. and uh, so you also did. Uh, can you tell me uh, tell us uh, about how it started uh, when you first heard from Oiko? Um, it was actually um, not too long after, I think. Um, of course, I was still under contract here in Southampton till the end of uh, June. So um, yeah, well, we we were speaking, we were speaking quite uh, quite often. Uh, and when I say we, is uh, with with, uh, with Bjorn Bjorn Westrom, of course. And it was yeah, it was just good, you know. Uh, I came over and we had a chat, and uh, yeah, it, it was just nice, you know. I, I, we drove through town, and I and it felt everything felt so good. And I always said that. When I left AIK, uh, when I left the AIK for Celtic, it was um, it was it was also uh, how do you say at that moment helping the club out, 
mm. you know, uh, I could get like a big uh, transfer sum and uh, yeah, the club really said like, you know, we don't want you to go, but you would really help us out. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of had, I said, uh, I said, uh, I said, look, you know, uh, that makes it feel, you know, good. It makes it makes it better for me. And uh, yeah, then we we uh, we uh, traveled actually up to Celtic together. Me, Bjorn, uh, Ulla was there, so it was really nice. You know, uh, we had a very, uh, you know, like a good good trip over there and. It was nice that they kind of handed me over, and yeah, so it was really, really nice. And we always kept in touch, you know, uh, with with everyone. Actually, I kept in touch with a lot of, uh, yeah, old players, uh, old coach still, uh, Mika Star. I still speak to, and of course, like a lot of old players, like Bojan, Martin, Kenny, uh, all of them. You know, mm. like uh, it was it was it was a nice, it was a really nice group that we had, and it, that's something that you, uh, how do you say, take take with you. I, I remember when you came here this summer, you, you came uh, to visit uh, and there started a lot of rumors that you were going to sign f- uh, with Oiko. And I remember that, that someone had seen you in Oiko shop, in the, in the shop, uh, like close to the office. And that's like, how everyone got to know that you were here. Um, how uh, was it decided already then that you would come to Oiko or did you have time afterwards to think or listen to other clubs yeah, for me it was for me it was kind of like decided but it took a long time with a lot of paperwork a lot of um, uh, how do you say um, uh, checking the possibilities etc etc uh, we were, we the no- negotiations were, uh, were done quite quickly you know and then a lot of other things we had to check out and, and uh, it, it, it t- took quite a while but we had also a lot of time because the the transfer one only opened the 16th i think mm. so and then i was there the 16th or 17th something like that yeah so it was yeah but it felt it felt like forever for us <laughs> supporters because we we, al- we always knew it. people kept telling us yeah it's it's done he's coming he's coming but you never came yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. frustrating yeah. Uh, martin uh, yeah. yeah did you follow oiko during this time what did you know about the team when you decided to to join us again Yeah, I, I followed them actually. I followed them. Uh, I followed AIK uh, ju- during all the years I've been away, you know. And of course, uh, sometimes more intense than other years. But uh, what I see, uh, did, like this year, for example, there was a lot of times that uh, we were the better team. Like for example, like uh, the Jewel Garden uh, away game that we were leading 2-0 and that we kind of lost the points, you know. And that happened a few times. Uh, the away form wasn't. Like like optimal and uh, and yeah, there was like a few little things that uh, that uh, that kept on coming back and kept on haunting the team. And then I thought, uh, you know, like uh, we had you know uh, a good chat with Bjorn, like what he would see was my role, and and it was a role that w- like that fits me. But I've I've seen the individual qualities from the boys, and they are outstanding. I'd say, you know, uh, the young boys. Uh, you got a Sauli, you got a. Uh, Noah, you know, and you still got Pear as well. So they, the quality is there. You know, it, it, the only thing what uh, I think was lacking is that that little bit of um, the mutual uh, understand, uh, understanding. You know, like uh, what when to do. Because if you got uh, uh, young young players, they are very, how do you say, eager, really wanting. But sometimes you also have to hold them back. Because I had in in Millwall same same uh, centre half partner. He was also 19 years old, and he would run through a, b- a brick wall if you tell him to. But sometimes you also have to, how do you say, keep them 
uh, keep them close to you, keep them uh, on their toes, making sure what to do, and etc. etc. And that's uh, yeah, that that's uh, something that uh, uh, we we talked about, and I could be like a role in it. Like how do you say, like being the glue between the bricks, because if you look at them, they 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 are all of them like uh, uh, great players, you know, great characters, great workers, great uh, physique, you know, good on the balls, everything. And then you just need that last little bit of um, how do you say, like putting it into place. And of course, you know, like uh, you also need a bit of luck sometimes, and a bit of uh, yeah, uh, that everything comes together at, at at certain points. But it was. Uh, yeah. I, I think that the, the backline also needed sort of leadership, someone to take command. Uh, I think the, I agree with you that Patton and Noah and Saudi are, are really, really good players, but none of them really took uh, charge of the of the backline. Yeah, indeed. Now that's also something that that uh, that. Uh, has to grow, you know. Of course, you have uh, when you're 18, 19 years old, and you have to take uh, the, the uh, leadership up. You, that's quite hard, yeah. you know, especially for center half. It's uh, people need to trust you first, you know. Uh, people need to sh- see that you can do it. People need to uh, trust you when you say left that they have to go left. And if you're 18 years old, your head is going everywhere, but. It's 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 uh, most of the time you're really focused on yourself, and that's a good thing, because that's also what you need to be doing to develop yourself. You know, you have to get the information in, and then at a certain point you come to where you can give the information back out, and that's a little bit like uh, uh, a thing. What was lacking, just as you say, you know, that uh, little bit. It was very interesting to see in the first game, uh, in your first match for Oiko now, and you, you really shouted sometimes <laughs> uh, showing leadership um, you shouted at uh, Kenny Pavey and uh, what do you say when you are that mad oh uh, yeah I don't know you know those little things uh, yeah so exactly what do you say uh, phew, I think that uh, people would turn the radio off <laughs> now it, it's it's uh, sometimes you know um Yeah, you shout little things like the other time I had a little, uh, how do you say, like uh, a little shout at Mobungura uh, for because sometimes when you look at things uh, and you, you you sometimes see that players do something else than that the team needs, and that's when I get like a little bit irritated, you know? <laughs> yeah. So what do you say? Yeah, I just tell him that he has to like uh, hold the ball, for example. You know, and then if he doesn't get it, and I say it like in a different way, you know, that's <laughs> just just how sometimes how I am. I'm really, uh, I'm really passionate, you know. And uh, of course, I can also sometimes be wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's not always when I shout that I'm 100 right. I think I am, you know, and I hope I am. But um, I think that one of those screaming situations that a lot of people noticed was, I think it was during the derby against Jurgen, uh, when you started screaming at uh, your friend Kenny. Was it the second half? I don't remember. I think it was not on Kenny, I wasn't shouting on Kenny. Or wasn't maybe it wasn't the derby. Uh, it was one game that you, you kept oh, you kept shouting wait, at Kenny. Uh, uh, that's um, could it be the Kalmar game? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be something like that. 
I don't remember, to oh, be fair. Okay. I remember one time shouting at him, but like I never, I hardly have to shout at Kenny because he's doing almost everything right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he plays with his, uh, how do you say, with his uh, heart on on his sleeve. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an all, uh, he's always all in. Mm. And yeah, but if he, yeah, that's, that, yeah. I, I never really have to say anything to him. Of course, sometimes I have to shout, but that's also because there's a lot of noise on the stands. And if I talk like this, then he won't hear me. <laughs> But have you always been like this, or is this something that you have you've developed, like a skill? Um, yeah, I definitely developed it. Um, yeah, because just as I said, also when I was 18, I was a lot of times just working with myself, you know, like m- my focus was more on myself than on, on organizing other things. And uh, yeah, I think I think at one point, like, uh, it, it all has to come a bit together, you know, and then... Um, it's also it has to be a team that can accept it you know and that 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 they know what you can do and yeah it, it's a lot of factors that are part of it does the team uh, accept it yeah definitely yeah 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 of course you know most mostly it's it goes down uh, quite well but it's also we got like a very mature team with those things you know uh, i will not be a guy that when you make a mistake and the goal goes in shout at you then no I mean that's that's uh, I think that's always uh, like a poor thing to do, you know. Like uh, start waving your hands, shouting somebody when the goal goes in. No, 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 no. That's not when I shout. It's this, the times that I shout is the times that we need to step it up in the game itself. You know that we need to change the mindset or something like that. And um, yeah, often that's when people accept it because if you start shouting, that's when somebody makes a mistake. He also is gonna think, oh, "What's this?" Uh, you know, I know I made a mistake. So you don't have to point it out for the rest of the the things. You know, and, and that's uh, like tiny little like differences, I think. But that's also like also for example the young boys uh, in in the team. I'm also talking to them in the trainings, after the trainings, during trainings, like like put my uh, how do you say like put my experiences also over to them you know I have a lot of like uh, chats with uh, for example Noah Mm. how to do things uh, what to do uh, you know uh, what to do with crosses uh, how to open up how to uh, how to turn when the ball goes over yet etc etc tiny little things and uh, you know I can really see that he loves it you know and that's a nice thing Mm. because if I see that he likes it I really like it even more also, for example, with Niklas, you know, Niklas Eliasson, because, you know, from a, a defender point of view, I can tell him a lot of things what he needs to do to make my life a misery, you know. And, yeah, he, it's, it's nice. We got a, a great group with the, with the young boys. are Unbelievable. They are outstanding. They're working hard. They are uh, every day after training. They're in the gym. They're working on their bodies. They're working on being stronger. They're working on, 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 on everything. And that's... Uh, Great to see, to be fair. <coughs> but uh, uh, one last thing about the screaming. Does, does anyone in the team ever scream back at you or, or scream at you for doing mistakes? Or is it, is it just you? That, like no, this? of course. Yeah. I also, the coach is a lot of times screaming at me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he loves to scream at me always. What I think. Scream? Huh? What well, today, say? for example, for, we were training and uh, we did uh, like a, uh, how do you say, a shooting exercise, yeah. a finishing drill. And then I have to play, I get it back, I play it again, and then he get the other one that I play, the first and two gets it back and he shoots. And then I go to, you know, like, it's it's a little drill. And then 
of course, I need a little bit more time to shoot than a striker because yeah. I don't shoot that often. And then he always shouts, shoot quicker, shoot faster. I mean, yeah, I can do that, but then the balls, we're going to look for the balls that brought my airport, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they will be flying everywhere. So I uh, took a little bit more time, and he's then really, like, shouting at me all the time. But uh, it's also good because it's also nice, you know, that uh, in the end, he's, he's, you know, he's the boss. He's, he's in charge, and he also knows that I take it. You know, I, I accept that. That's always how I've been, and... So, uh, so what do you think about uh, Oikul today? Uh, what, what, what do you think about uh, the team? I think we got a great team. You know, I think a great team. The thing is, what the best is with our team, that the stretch isn't out yet. You know, we still. It's not that we're on our top of what we can do. We have we have got so much potential still in the team that we can achieve like more and more and more. Like every game, I can see that there's more. Like for example, the Odd game. That was a game that that we had 16 games in two months okay. and that was the last game of that period and then a lot maybe people I have not, not read anything because I stopped reading newspapers or whatever people can say like oh the play is not good or, or, or whatever and that's that's true but do they also say it's 16 games in a two months time and now they got a bit of rest we got through you know and that's that's what I try to say with this is if you look at that game our potential is much bigger than what we showed And that's, I think, that's a quality, you know. That's that's something what we are working for every day in training, and that's something that uh, will come out, I think, you know, at the moments that we, like, uh, have to. For example, when we were with the back against the wall against Juergaard with 10 men. I said that really showed what we also can achieve. What happened in that game? What happened when you came out in the second? What did you say to each other? What was it, like 45 minutes before the game started again? Yeah, something like that, yeah. No, was, it, it, it was a completely different... Yeah. Uh, no, it was easy because... It, it, it was easy. easy. It yeah, was no, easy. Easy, easy to say, like, because it was a 0-0. I, say, I said, look, boys, if we can't win it, we're not going to lose it. I said, it's 0-0, we keep the defense tight. And if you keep a defense tight with solid blocks and solid and hard work, there are not many teams who break that down in these days of football. You know, it is. You look, for example, Barcelona. They can do it, but if you have a, a, like a really well organized defense who is, is willing to work back, even against ten men, it's going to be difficult. You know, and that's uh, that's what I kept. Uh, I told them. I said, look, keep the organization, keep your power, keep the energy, and if we get a free kick or we get a corner or whatever, trying to make the best out of it. He said, that's the way we can win a game, and luckily, it was as well. Yeah, but you you were actually better in the second half yeah. with ten ten men than you were in the first half with uh, yeah, eleven. Indeed, now that that's very true. But that's also like if you, if you look at it, what happened? It was a red card, and then you have uh, first it was Nissa, me, Noah, and Kenny. Mm. Oh, sorry, no, no, not Kenny. Uh, Haugs, Haugsson. No, it was yeah. Haugsson started. Yeah, Haugsson, uh, Noah, me, and Nissa. And then when the red card come, what happened? Nisse come in the side, and uh, Johan Blomberg, who was right wing, had to play in the left. And what happened with what Jurgen did uh, very well was that they had um, a false winger, and a false winger is quite hard to play against because he's going to drag you out. And if you are not like a very experienced left fullback, you will come in with him. So what happens then? That means that I am together with uh, 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 with at that moment was Nissa, 
playing 1v1 in a really big space and they've got two really like uh, good and physical and, and quick strikers. So then you're going to have a little bit of, of problems. So what happened, uh, what, what the coach done, done well is in halftime, um, he put Nissa back to the left, he put Kenny into the right and me and Haugerson were playing, how do you say, uh, uh, center half. And what what happened then is that uh, there's less space for the strikers to run at, uh, run into because Nissa is a very experienced uh, left fullback who will not go out if he doesn't trust it. So it, at one you you kind of create like a three v two instead of the two v two in a big space. So you kind of have like an extra one, even though we have one less because they had still what they did do try to do is come into the, between the pockets and. Yeah, that it, it sounds all like really technical, but it, it's quite of how do you say like good to see. And you also know, like if they try to go into the pockets, you have in that line you got four. How do you say? Uh, you got <coughs> Dixon, you got Anofori, who can absolutely uh, uh, wreck wreck the guys. You know, like uh, if it's gonna be on a physical part, they will win yeah. that physical fight. So it's better to have it there that they play there than when they play. Against me, who, who's been not, not been playing a game for for was it two and a half, three months, and and Nissa against two very quick and agile and strong strikers, so that's what what happened in the second half, and it was it was a, a good tactical decision to do to get everybody on the places they are comfortable with, because Kenny is comfortable, Hauger is comfortable, I'm comfortable, and Nissa is comfortable. First we had Blomberg, who is not a left fullback. No. You know, so it's not really comfortable. Then you got me, then there's Nissa with his left foot on the right, he's not 100% comfortable. And you got Hauk, so you got two who are not 100% comfortable instead of four who so are. So, about Nissa, how, uh, how is it possible that he's even better now than he's ever been? He's just, uh, he, he just makes the right decisions. You know, he's, uh, uh, he's comfortable, uh, he's got it all sorted out, uh, you know, like he, he just. He's, he's, I think also he's always been like that, you know, and uh, maybe it's uh, it's more highlighted it now because, you know, um, because it's going well or I don't know, or because it's it's people play more over the right or I don't know, but he's always been in the one v ones trying to get past him. It's no, nobody can do it now, no. indeed, and that's 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 uh, yeah, that's that's a good thing, you know, and he's just uh, his comfort levels are up there and I think that uh, really helps people like getting to the best of their game since you came uh, uh, to Oikot this summer uh, we won seven uh, games in a row uh, that's a um, record since before of uh, wins in a row Um, it's a sort of your thing, I think, to, to win games. Because uh, hmm. uh, yeah. last time you were in Oiko, we, we won a lot as well. We won the league and we won the cup. Yeah. Um, do you have an answer to, to what's happened since you came? Do you know what's... Um, it, it's all thanks to you. No, no. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, yeah, what I do maybe do is uh, put a bit of, uh, how do you say, like uh, confidence back into things you know keep it uh, calm when it's 1-0 don't stress don't do weird things be on your toes make sure we get through you know and that's that's a, a good thing um, 
but that's not only up to me, of course. But it's it, just as you say, you know, it's also sometimes a bit of luck, you know, coming in in the right moment, uh, doing well, and uh, and uh, getting the points. Because imagine, yeah, if I'm doing well, but the team is not doing well, so what's the use of me? If you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that's nice. What do you say about your own development as a player? If you compare yourself now and yeah. 2009, I uh, I'd say like I, I I grew as a player with a lot of things on the ball. I'm I'm, I'm probably better. I'm better with reading things, uh, organizing things, recognizing things. It's uh you know uh, I'm I'm stronger. It's um yeah I've been I for last four years uh, okay apart from the last uh, that I've been on loan but I've been training with the top of the world you know we have we sold seven players in the and that's all players that I played with we sold them to Liverpool Arsenal and Manchester, and Manchester United I've been training day in day out with them and I don't see that you get any worse from that and I'm still on a on a on a an age that uh, you know that it's not like the clock isn't ticking that hard yet you know it's still uh, this is still a, a good few years of football left in me and that's uh, yeah that's also one one reason that I wanted to come back because I wanted to come back when I was still like how do you say on top of my game and not wanted to come back that people look and think oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what's he doing here you know yeah <coughs> but that's yeah Yeah, okay. I, I'm not always talking about 2009, but uh, there's one thing. Uh, do you rem- do you remember uh, the, the the party after the gold uh, at uh, Ambassador Nightclub? I didn't remember anything no. from it. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the st- your your the song you yeah. started? Uh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. I remember that we're, song. We're, we're gonna win the yeah. Champions League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sing it after. Actually, I sing it after in the in the, when we went in the airplane. We went in the airplane. We went home from uh, from uh, Jutteborg. And then I uh, suddenly it hit me. It was a great song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, you know that 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 stick yeah kept on uh, kept on going. And um, it was an ambassador. It was the same. Yeah, we had uh, little speeches afterwards, and yeah, it was good. And then later in Rosunda again, yeah, you know. I remember it Rosunda. Yeah. How, how does it go? The song. Yeah. It's just very simple. We're gonna win the Champions League. We're gonna win the Champions League like that. Yeah. Over and over. yeah, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> and then they sold me, and we didn't win it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after you left, uh, or you last time you went to Celtic, um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the years between and, uh, then, then and now? Yeah, uh, how, how your career. You, you went to Celtic. Yeah, I went to Celtic, and uh, it. Uh, yeah, it, it somehow I I uh, I. I st- I, it was a little bit similar situation I got in right now. Only then I, with one change, I had a preseason of ten days, and here I only had a preseason. I think of six trainings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily here I didn't get injured, but there I got injured after in my second game because I remember um, I had ten days preseason. I played uh, I think sixty six seventy five minutes with the second team on let's say Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then I played Sunday full 90, and then I played Tuesday again, and then I uh, got injured in my hamstring, and it kept on going, kept on going, and I was getting desperate, and you know I wanted to rush back quickly, and I wanted to do, go back into because I was still how do you say, uh, 
floating of the way of uh, on the wave of success you know because I, I was full confident and everything but I kept getting uh, that same little injury it was a tiny little injury but it kept happening over and over again and yeah then I lost the whole season mm. and then uh, then I came and then it uh, was a change of manager and we had um, when I came back I, I, I lost also a bit of my uh, confidence I think and I also n- never really had the feeling I was uh, 100% wanted and uh, yeah that was that was uh, a little bit of a struggle and I never done well you know that's also something you have to be honest in like uh, if, if I if I did the, the two games that I played I done well the first two games mm. and after that when I came back it was it was never a great game and I started like thinking too much maybe or wanting too much or whatever it was but I locked I got locked it just didn't work out and I didn't feel uh, of my uh, how do you say uh, appreciated and not uh, at, at at the place you know I didn't feel uh, nothing felt well so then I went uh, on half a year on loan to uh, Copenhagen and uh, we I came into a team that was uh, on fire you know it was on fire and like luckily I, I picked up again you know like the first day in training I remember directly like I came off the training and I thought to myself I can still play football you know because sometimes I was in Celtic and I thought I can't do anything nothing comes out and then I came yes yeah, so the, 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 the the Copenhagen uh, uh, that was it was it was good for me you know uh, uh, but still I, I had to go back to Celtic and I had a chat with the coach and the coach said uh, you can come uh, and start uh, the preseason uh, the first of uh, July I said all right nice but then I looked on the website and I saw that they were going on training camp it was the 28th of June well so nice. I thought, oh, okay, uh, well, well, that's, you know, that's that sorted, you know. So I trained and that was, uh, yeah, sometimes hard in football life. I was training with 15-year-old uh, kids from Celtic. I was training with them and uh, trying to yeah, get my fitness level up. And then in the last day of the transfer window, I got uh, uh, on loan, loaned from to Southampton. Mm. And that was, uh, you know, it, that, that was... I say like life changing also for for my football career. It, w- it was amazing. I had uh, uh, the chairman Nicola Cortez. I, I met him for the first time and we had a good connection. He explained me what he wanted to do with the team. He explained me what uh, uh, my role was and uh, well from from day one that I came in, uh, I kind of was thrown into the deep end directly as well because uh, uh, the other centre half who was playing uh, the games before he got uh, like a serious head injury. And uh, I was uh, needed straight away, and because I was needed straight away, it 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 makes me felt like needed, you know. Yeah. And that's something that I really, really like, li- really thrive off. And uh, I remember the first year in Southampton uh, after they they were they loaned me for for four months, but after two months uh, they called Celtic and said we want to buy him. Mm. So then I I was uh, I signed my contract for four years in Southampton, and we. I scored, uh, I think, eight goals in the first uh, first year. First year in the championship, scored eight goals and we got promoted. Also the, the promotion winning goal. So they say they, uh, you know, and if I walk uh, in Southampton, people still come up to me and say that's the best day of their life, you know, and that's that's nice to, to hear. Jag är störst i Norden, jag är allmänna idrottsklubben, jag är AI. 
all the high, you know, all the the highlights are uh, are on. In in Eng in England, if you're in the Premier League, they talk about you 24/7 the whole week, apart from 90 minutes, because then you're playing. You know, then they then 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 they're quiet. But after that, it's you know only about football, football, football. And it's it's really nice to experience, and it's really good. But it's also I had a Twitter account, and Twitter was nice until I scored an own goal. Yeah. And Twitter got like uh, one of the worst enemies. And that was for me like uh, one of those things. I quit it. And, and that's also the moment that I realized I do not have to read newspapers. I do not have to read Twitter. I do not have to do anything else. It's just opening doors that you maybe don't want to open. You know, if you don't really like it, don't do it. So from that time, I also stop, stopped. And then I only cared about what people that I was working with were saying. And that made it made it kind of actually easier like a lot easier because if you always have to like read the newspapers and and put an weight on their opinions it's not always a nice thing you know you put a lot of weight on the opinions from a guy in the newspaper well why should you okay let other people do it you know let other people let let's say they give rates they give me a rate like from one to ten let's say they give me uh, an eight and i didn't deserve an eight i deserved a six But just because I scored a goal, I got an eight. Mm. But then again, I got a four, and people call him, "Oh yeah, she, she had a terrible game, didn't you?" I said, "No, I didn't have a terrible game." Well, you had a four in the newspapers. You had all oh, like the guy knows, <laughs> you know. He just puts rates down. Can you rate twenty-two people? No, of course you can't. And as soon as I realized that, oh my God, it's all a hoax, it went better, you know. But then, it's also the Premier League again. They can buy every player in the world. Kind of, you know, if you stay in the Premier League or if you go up to the Premier League, you get 100 million just to spend, plus the budget you already have, mm. you know. And that, that that's something like, yeah, we, uh, Dejan Lovren came, who was a great player, and he came to play in my position. Yeah. yeah, what can I say? You know, I'm in the end not as good as him because in one year's time we sold him for 20 million to Liverpool. Well, that was not going to happen if I played. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> You know, it is it, it, that small little margins because we we said it. Uh, I had a lot of ch uh, chats always with Calvin Davis about it when I was when it was. Yeah, sometimes it's a hard time as a footballer if you're not playing. And then he said like, "Yes, listen, you're not far off him. The only thing is that he can do it week in, week out, week in, week out. And you have to have, let's say, or a great game, or if you have a bad game, because what happens as well? Like let's say, yeah, you know, footballers play between 120 and 80 percent." Let's say his 80% wasn't my 100. Mm. So he would always be a little bit like, how do you say, better in small margins. And then uh, I said, but then I think I need to go and look further. He said, yeah, well, yeah, of course, you know. Uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I wouldn't like it, he said. I said, but I can understand because if you're running out here, you can stay here hoping that you get like an extra deal or something like that. But if that doesn't happen, you have two years without playing. And then you're also t turning 32. I said, yeah, well, that's not a great thing, is it? No, indeed. So then I uh, decided, and it was quite quite a hard decision, of course. It was also last day of transfer window again, after three years in, in Southampton, I decided to uh, to move on to, to Norwich. And it's a bit of a roller coaster from there. Like, um, you know, in Norwich, I, I started the first four games and uh, the f I came in. We had an international break because it's always on the international break almost, uh, 
that's how they planned it quite well. So I came in, I didn't play with the, the boys from the, the internationals, and we had quite a lot from Ireland and Northern Ireland, etc., etc. So when they came back in, um, also from Sweden, of course, Martin Olsen. Yeah. And uh, when they came back in, I started directly. So I had one training with the whole team, and I started directly, and I started doing well. I played four games, we won three, and we had one draw. And I was taken out. So it was a really, little bit of a surprise, but okay, you know, didn't say. We lost that game, the one I was taken out, so mm. I came back in, we draw again. We had 27 shots on goal, and uh, and we draw 1-1, because they got a penalty, last-minute penalty almost, I think, yeah. something like that. But really unfortunate, or whatever, you know, uh, things happened and, and I, I asked like what should I do to get back in the team because I've not lost a game mm. and I've never lost a game in, in Norwich and it, I was taken in and out in and out and there was not I, I came to the championship to play regular football again and it wasn't happening so I started panicking a little bit and I started asking the coach and he started getting a little bit annoyed by it maybe and from one thing led to another and we had like a big fallout and my head was set and I needed to go. Yeah. I needed to get away, I needed to play football because that's what I wanted to show. Also, because I wanted to show people I can still play football, you know? And then I luckily ended up in Millwall with uh, Ian Holloway, which I think is a great guy and a great coach. And uh, I remember it was, it was it, I, I started doing well. I started playing, I started playing well and I started doing the things that I, I was used to do. I had a great half a year. Also, that was also quite funny because he also called me. That's football as well for you. He called me and he said, like, Jos, could you, uh, you know, uh, I want you to uh, consider this team for next year. Mm. He says, I know you got a lot of options, probably going to get a lot of options, but I want you to consider this team and this club for next year. And I said, coach, I said, I, I've got such a good feeling with you. I said, I would love to do that if you stay, if you are here as well. A week later, he was gone. <laughs> you know, that's football, you know. And then luckily, like luckily for me, because before that, we there was not, uh, not, uh, nothing from AIK. And, uh, you know, luckily for me, like, uh, AIK come. And that's also like, just a warm bath, you know. And, and that warm bath... Uh, came on the right time because I got in uh, I got fully confident again in the last half a year I knew what I still uh, that I could still play football and I knew what I would come back to I knew that if I go to Sweden uh, my my firstborn uh, uh, baby would would have uh, how do you say a great start in life yeah. you know because I know Sweden I know uh, uh, the how things work etc etc so that's uh how do you say to round the story up? That's kind of uh, how do you say when they came, it, it was an easy decision. Mm. I didn't want to wait for anything from England. I didn't uh, ask my agent to go for other things and look for other things in England. I wanted to go and let them have the first say. And when we had the first say, they had the first say, and and then it was done quite quite quickly. Um, but I'm listening to you. I'm thinking you. You're a player that really needs to feel that confidence from the from the manager and uh, need to start the games and be a central part of the game. Yeah. To be good. Yeah, to, very to true. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's very very true. Like I need to be appreciated. I need to like I need to feel like I'm important. In what kind of way it is, 
but I, I, I need to feel that in a certain way because also the, the year I wasn't playing too much in Southampton, I still felt important because the coach really loved me and the boys really loved me and they respected me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's nice to be. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you feel appreciated in the Harry and Marco from the manager and from, yeah. from the supporters? Yeah, from everyone. Yeah. yeah, from everyone, and that's that's also nice. You know, it's it's uh, it's a great thing. Also from the fans, I've always had a good contact with the fans, always, and that's something that uh, you don't forget as a footballer either. At least I don't. You know. The last time uh, you were here, Mickey Story was coach. You have a very good connection still. Um, what do you feel about the current uh, management with uh, Andreas as head coach? Yeah, it's also you know like I, I see a lot of things. Uh, see a lot of things uh, back from from when uh, when uh, when I was here before because he was really uh, how do you say fanatic. He is <laughs> yeah yeah fanatic and that's uh, it comes back out. He's also quite detailed, you know, and. Um, I think he has got a how do you say um, a, a good good um, balance with everything, you know, a good balance with things. He, he he knows what he wants. He also is not afraid to tell, you know. He also uh, puts space space for a bit of um, fun in it, and uh, yeah, it's nice. It's enjoyable. Shouts at me a lot though. But <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <coughs> But um, since the last time you were here, also I think that the Swedish football uh, or Allsvenskan has improved a little bit. But can you see when you're playing uh, our, our opponents, uh, the seven games so far? Can you see that uh, the, the the play is better? Yeah, 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 for sure, it is. Yeah, and uh, we we speak we speak about it, and that's. Uh, um, it is it's it's uh, uh, how do you say? Um, It is a country that that is really great for educating players and making sure that players have the best um, uh, podium or is it a stage to perform on. Mm. Because look at the stadiums, the, the new there are new stadiums, there are new uh, the pitches are quite okay. You know, uh, Falkenberg had an okay pitch. The stadium wasn't amazing or anything, no. <laughs> But that's one of the uh, lesser stadiums there is. It's still not bad because it can can go much worse. Because I've been in Finland as well, and we sometimes played in in, in stadiums. And you think, is this the stadium, or am I walking onto the pitch that leads to the stadium? <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, no, it's it, uh, it it's developing, yeah. and you can you can see it. It's also developing in uh, getting players, uh, how do you say, back. People who who uh, who've been here, they would like to come back because of uh, they know the things and they know. Uh, How things are, and if it's not developed, there's a lot of times people go and turn around and say like, "No, I'm not, not doing it." I think also the the tax climate is is uh, getting better. You know, you got like some uh, some tax rules for expert tax, expert yeah. tax, yeah, that kind of stuff is coming in, and it makes it it, it makes it uh, for uh, how do you say, uh, play is nice to come back, good to come back to uh, how do you say. Um, Make it makes it worth to come back as well, you know. To and that's that's something that you need because back in uh, in uh, 2009 you didn't have that much, 
how do you say, senior, senior players who come back and put their uh, experience on the table and say, you know what, this and this is what you can do. But it, 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 it's, it's growing now. What do you say about the, um, the new arena, the, the friends arena? Ah, it's 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 uh, if you, if you just look at the stadium itself, it's uh, it's amazing. It is great. It's great. It's 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 brilliant. It's modern. What is best way? Because the fans and the supporters had some identity problems yeah. with with this uh, new 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 place. Yeah, that's of course. Year, that's what you get. Much better. Yeah. But it's still it's no, I know. Of course, it is. It is because if you compare it to Rosenda, that's what everybody does. Rosenda breathes football. Rosenda is like a, a, a football factory, you can almost say. Everything reminds you of football. Everything. Like, you go in, you have a like, little shop on the corner, you have this or you have that. And this is more, to say, American, yeah. you know? More commercialized, bigger. You got uh, huge counters where everybody, you almost hardly have to stand in line, even in half time. Okay, yeah, there is a bit of a line, but... Everything is bigger, and in Rosuna, you, you were hoping you get your sausage in the end before half time, yeah. or before half time is over, you know. And that 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 makes it all nice, and that makes it nice remembrance, and that's also something that people look back on. Like I, even I have it, and I'm like only let's say, I say 32, and I look back on the days that you could do anything, because nobody knew because there wasn't a Twitter, there wasn't a, a photo camera on every telephone, you know. You can have an, a night out when, without people knowing. Now, that's not existing anymore, you know. And that's it's it's nice to look back on those kind of things. And Rosunda is a, a kind of a, a how do you say a statue uh, uh, to look back onto, you know. That a you think, of that time. yeah, indeed, it is a symbol. It's it's, it's <coughs> been a symbol of an era. It's been a symbol of an era of football. <laughs> And so that's what, do you, the best. what do you say about the, the new arena? Is it like to, to play on? How, how is it? It's good. You know, you got the friends arena. What we play in every second week is kind of like playing at Old Trafford. It's kind of uh, playing um, at uh, 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 what Liverpool's uh, Anfield, uh, same as uh, Emirates Stadium. You know that kind of stuff. That's what you kind of uh, compare it with because it's the similar amount of people can come in. Um, We got a better atmosphere. Like don't don't how do you say get uh, confused with that. If this one is filled up with forty five thousand, I will not uh, change it with, with anything in the world. When when the kids who are now seven eight, who uh, will and and there will come a new stadium. What is even more modern? They will think back on this because they will get their memories formed in here. They will get their joys in here. They will get their deceptions in here. Things move on, you know. Football moves on. Everything kind of in life moves on, so that's it's it's nice to uh, it's nice to see that moves on, but it's also great to think back, so to say. One last question: uh, Saturday we're playing against Hecken. Um, what's your feeling uh, for that game? Yeah, good. You know, we go in very confident. I think uh, Falkenberg away. You can see the the results that been uh, been. Uh, There it was. Uh, Jutteborg lost there. I think uh, Ellsbury lost there. Mm. Uh, Malmo drew, I think, and uh, Nershopping was the only one to win. And there was a one-zero, and we we got there and we 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 buried four. So the confidence is high, and uh, it's it's just uh, time to show the next step. 
what I was talking about, like the the stretch that's still in the team, the quality that's still in it, that uh, that hasn't always come out, but it's time to do it now. It was uh, great fun to have you here, uh, and uh, we'd love to have you back after we won the gold. I'm talking about the Champions League and stuff. Yes. Uh, and um, tack till alla som har lyssnat. Um, tack Martin som har kommit hit och varit en del av programmet, borta på andra sidan rummet. Och um, vi är tillbaka igen nästa vecka med nytt spännande program. Uh, vi ses på lördag. Ha det bra. Hej. Tack så mycket. There's a ship lies rigged and ready in the harbor Tomorrow for old England she sails Far away from your land of endless sunshine To my land full of rainy skies and gales And I shall be aboard that ship tomorrow Though my heart is full of tears at this farewell For you are beautiful And I have loved you dearly More dearly than the spoken word can tell For you are beautiful And I have loved you dearly More dearly than the spoken word can There's a wicked war a-blazing And the taste of war I know so very well Even now I see the foreign flag raising Their guns on fire as we sail into hell I have no fear of death, it brings no sorrow But how bitter will be this last farewell For you are beautiful And I have loved you dearly More dearly than the spoken word can tell For you are beautiful And I have loved you dearly More dearly than the spoken word can tell Though death and darkness gather all about me And my ship be torn apart upon the sea I shall smell again the fragrance of these islands In the heaving waves that brought me once to thee And should I return safe home again to England I shall watch the English mist roll through the dead For you are beautiful And I have loved you dearly More dearly than the spoken word can tell For you are beautiful And I have loved you dearly More dearly than the spoken word can tell
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.